Today's episode is brought to you in part by the fine folks down at Drift Outfitters in downtown Toronto, Ontario. Drift Outfitters is your source for all things fly fishing. From waders and boots to thread and feathers, Drift has it all. Check in on their website for the latest updates and policies regarding shopping during the pandemic. Curbside pickup for your online and phone orders is a great way to get the gear you need. And they're shipping for free across Canada on orders over 175 bucks. Visit Drift Outfitters com to learn more driftoutfitters.com Hello and welcome to another episode of SoFly. It is uh, middle of July, actually, which is kind of wild. I can't believe it's already middle of July. Uh, mm-hmm. And we're back here recording our episode. We got episode 123, is it right now? Uh, yeah, which man. Is pretty <laughs> wild. Uh, we've got myself, Mitch, and of course, we've got Aldo. Hey, everyone. We don't have Yilma today. Yilma's busy at work doing his little freelance stuff, so uh, he's not on the show. But uh, we are joined by a very special guest. We've got Dr. Ross uh, Bocek on the show. Dr. Ross is the Keys Initiative Manager for the Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Uh, Ross grew up in southwest Florida fishing for snook and tarpon on waters where he continues to fish to this day. Uh, he received his master's and doctor- doctoral degrees at Florida International University, where his research investigated how and in what ways Everglades restoration actions uh, will impact snook in the Everglades National Park. Um, After he received his PhD, he worked for the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission as a senior biologist researching animal migrations and where harvest regulation boundaries should be. Uh, He works with anglers, guides, fellow scientists, and other stakeholders to make sure that the necessary research is completed and that uh, this research is effectively applied to improve fishery management and ensure the long-term conservation of the Keys. But today he's on SoFly. Uh, Dr. Ross, thanks so much for coming on that yeah thank you so much for having me this is a this really awesome opportunity yeah no we're super stoked to be chatting i mean uh yeah like we were connected through costa and uh really excited to get to chat because you're doing a lot of cool stuff uh down there especially with the bonefish tarpon trust and uh yeah definitely want to just dive into all that today yeah i think uh for sure it's i mean uh, we've obviously been reading about the Bonefish Tarpon Trust. Um, I've fished Florida. I've been lucky enough to fish Florida a bunch of times. We've been saltwater fishing more uh, and more every year. Obviously, not during the COVID years, but you know, we've started to learn a little bit about those environments a little bit more. So, it'd be cool to actually talk to somebody that works in those environments. And and yeah, we're going to be talking about bone, the Bonefish Tarpon Trust, uh, and also a new film that uh, Costa helped put together, which uh, mm-hmm. is uh, the Path to Permit. Which is streaming now on YouTube, and we'll put that show, we'll put it all in the in the in the show notes. But uh, but yeah, Ross, thanks for joining us. It's awesome. Where Betsy calling in from today? I'm down in a Marathon, Florida. It's about 92 degrees oh, in the shade. So... Not to quote the movie, but <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty beautiful down there, eh? Yeah, yeah. You missed it today. There was um, pretty exciting stuff. There some there was a charity that. Uh, they jump stuff in cars and donate the proceeds to um, whoever. But this guy, yeah, I happen to be leaving my sailboat to come to do this. And all of a sudden I see a car fly over yeah. a bridge. And uh, it, was, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was pretty cool. That's yeah. amazing. I love that. Florida, like a lot of crazy stuff going on down there. Right? 
That's awesome. Okay, well, very cool. I love that. Well, How's the fishing wait been lately? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do you live on oh, a sailboat? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Wait, 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 wait. You live on a <laughs> sailboat? Only way to live in the oh keys, my God, man. That's amazing. That's yeah. true, actually. <laughs> so that's like a popular thing down there. People in the keys just all living on sailboats. Yeah, yeah. A lot of us do. Um, it's a hard. You, you get used to life pretty easy, but uh, I mean, the Bahamas are right next to us. Cuba's ninety miles south, and Mexico is a couple days sail. Right. So um, it's a really if you like sailing, the winds are always blowing here, and there's plen- tons of cool little pockets to go check out and wow that's dope yeah i can anchor the sailboat so where are you right now like did you just come into shore and find like a somebody with internet (laughs) no no i'm in my uh my office right now uh (laughs) okay right on (laughs) i love it i love it sailboat life that's crazy that's so cool that is very Um, cool so you're 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 a fly angler of course uh how's the fishing been oh oh my gosh this is my favorite month and it's finally uh finally getting right uh we were out two weeks ago um and stumbled upon a bunch of tail and permit and a bunch of tail and bonefish. And nice. yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was one of those days where the weather was awful and we just kept trying new areas because that's the only place that didn't have a giant thunderstorm right on sitting on right on top of it. And so we learned some cool stuff. Yeah, wow. it, was, uh, it was pretty exciting. And tomorrow we'll be back out at sunset trying to replicate magic. And yeah. Oh, wow. That's dope. Do you ever have like mornings where you just wake up, grab a cup of coffee and just go cast off your... Off your sailboat right off the bat. I do, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> the, the harbor I'm in just piles up with big tarpon. So I've woken up. Oh my I've, God. I've had them wake me up because oh they man. slam. They try to eat mullet that are hiding behind my boat. And all of a sudden it sounds oh, like a, so yeah, cool. a cannonball hits you on the side. And you wake up and you go out and there's a tarpon rolling right by. But uh, oh, Although, man. what are we doing? Like, what are we know, living man. all though? Like, we live in like <laughs> little apartments know. in the city. Like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> no. I don't know. I think we say that. the um, We got the pleasure of fishing the Bahamas for the first time this year. And Mitch and I got there. <clears throat> we took one look at the ocean, and Mitch is like, "Why do we live in Tur- Toronto exactly? <laughs> Where there's snow, you know? Yeah, exactly. What's that about? I love it. Yeah, I listened to that um, podcast. Okay, well, so you were in this, those uh, salt ponds. Uh, did, I, did I catch that right? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in Long right. Island. Yeah, that was pretty cool. The, the old salt. Um, so uh, cool. Yeah, I guess the old processing ponds for for salt. Yeah. And uh, but uh, the they you know the operation had been defunct and it's been you know reclaimed by bonefish basically and a few so stray cool. barracuda but really without being a scientist or knowing anything of the area really it, it appeared to be a nursery because the bonefish weren't you know the the biggest one was probably maybe like you know a two pounder mm-hmm. kind of thing but there was no sharks there was nothing else except for a couple birds and a, just a ton of shrimp so. And pretty easy I, to sight them, you know, like to see the tails and whatnot. And huge it's just schools. like a big pond, right? Like it's huge schools. Yeah, really. Oh, cool. that's awesome. Which was really I'm jealous. Cool. I always yeah. wanted to go there. Oh yeah, uh, take oh, the yeah. sailboat. There's a lot of sailboats going through there. I was like, damn, that's super. That looks super fun. Really cool. It does look super fun. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll. Yeah, Mitch, what do you want to do? You want to start with start real back? Actually, before we get into yeah. your life, maybe just quickly off the top, if people haven't heard, what is the Bonefish Tarpon Trust? Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. We're a really cool organization. We're a science-based uh, nonprofit organization with a mission to conserve and restore populations of bonefish permit and tarpon in their habitats, primarily in Florida and the southeast U.S., but we also have extension offices and long-term conservation programs in Bahamas, uh, Belize and Mexico, we work collaboratively with Cuban researchers, and we've also done projects in Puerto Rico and other other things that really help 
conserve the greater Caribbean bonefish and permit and tarpon fisheries, which are worth a ton of money. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, From like a tourism standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the, and the keys are, are, our, our flats fishery generates about a half a billion dollars a year in economic impact. And wow. the Bahamas, it's just wow. shy of $200 million a year just for bonefish. And then, and Belize in Mexico, yeah. it's in the order of 50 to 80 million. So, yeah, I mean, wherever they, wherever these fisheries exist, you know, they're just, just yeah. money generators, mm-hmm. you know, if they're healthy. Yeah. I mean, the first time I went to Florida was 2015, 16, and I was actually in Marathon. A friend of mine, his parents lived there. And, um, and, you know, when you get there, it's kind of the same when you, you know, first go to Montana or where we just went Lake Placid, you know, it is a fly fishing place. There's flats boats everywhere and, you know, forget about even fly fishing. It's a fishing place. You know, everyone's, everyone's on the ocean, you know, recreating and, and, and catching fish. So it doesn't mm-hmm. surprise me that it's half a billion dollars, but that's still wild. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. No, that's, yeah, that's, that's cool. Okay. Well, we'll talk, we'll get more into kind of the, uh, the bonefish trust and tarpon trust, but before we get into that, and of course the film and the research you're doing, uh, let's just, let's go way back to like when you started fly fishing, how'd you get in to fly fishing and, and what was it about fly fishing that kind of hooked you? That's a good question. I, I, my parents, grandparents, they're all been here for a million years and they, they've, uh, raised in Miami and they started snook fishing in Everglades national park. And so I, I was introduced to really fishing back then when I was like five or six, I have this memory driving into the woods, being terrified, you know, four years old and seeing a shark eat something. And, and, and then I caught like a bat, yeah, I caught a bass and a snook in the same, same stretch of river. And I thought it was just the coolest thing ever. That's cool. Um, yeah. So I, I really grew up plug fishing for snook. Really. That was kind of, all I did, and I, I did a lot of fly fishing too for snook on beaches, which is very similar to bone fishing in some regard, uh, where it's it's white sand. You see them come in, you throw a little little streamer at them, and they just you know crush it. Um, yeah. But I really didn't get into like the big fly fishing, you know, until I moved to Miami about ten years ago uh, for grad school, and we, there's a, there was uh, opportunities to fly fish for bone fish off beaches and uh, other places mm. like that. Um, but now living in the Keys, I'm, it's just so, so awesome. I mean, the flats that I have in my backyard are four seconds away from the boat ramp and I could be in, so you just have to do it, you know, and you have to get obsessed with it. And yeah, and, and that, that, that's kind of really where it really took off for me. Is once I moved down here, then I was all in, that's all, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like the life, it's like so part of the lifestyle, right? Like ingrained and just kind of the way of life. Yeah, I think my spinning rods that's have cockroaches cool. coming out of them now and i love that i love that so did fishing then inspire your kind of drive into this uh this world of marine research Oh, absolutely yeah that's uh i knew i wanted to be in this industry i guess um i went to college first at virginia tech to be an ocean engineer and i had this ambition of designing flats boats was my was kind of my yeah yeah and then i mean that's just like such a niche industry though you can't like get a degree in flats yeah you can get a degree in like (laughs) building oil rigs and like missiles for submarines but like the flats boat specialty wasn't there so uh (laughs) i kind of went to yeah in the middle of my college career i kind of went to this like inflection point i'm like ah you know this isn't working out i'm living in a a very cold place never seen snow before till i got there and you know i was kind of sick of that Mm. yeah um, so I, I, I worked in a tackle shop this summer 
And I was like, man, I should just become like a snook guide and just take people plug fishing. And I, I, I gave college like one more shot and I enrolled in whatever, whatever looked like the program that would offer for me like opportunities to fish more. And it was fishery science, mm-hmm. knowing nothing about any of it. I just saw fisheries. I was like, all right, yeah. This was my last semester in college, yeah. pull the triggers, <laughs> see how it goes. And I yeah. uh, loved it, loved every second of it. You know, aced all my classes from there on out. And and then that, that was kind of the path. Boom. I love it. So where'd you go when you graduated? Like, w- did you come right to the Bonefish Charter Trust or did you have some stuff in between or? Uh, yeah, I got, uh, I had this wonderful opportunity to to actually study snook in the place I grew up fishing for them. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, I know, right? Like, I just, like, was not turning, <laughs> like, not letting that job get out of my hands. That's cool. And, um, so yeah. I did my master's kind of studying snook diets, what they ate, which was also super cool. Um, oh, wow. And then that transitioned to a PhD research of looking at the broader things that cause, you know, that with snook and, like, how freshwater changes their behaviors, uh, their spawning rhythms, and all this other stuff that can really feed into these big right. Everglades restoration projects that we have going on in South Florida. Um, so it was really fulfilling, really cool work and really lucky to have that opportunity yeah. to study in the river system that like, you know, I caught my first snook in. So that was pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah that's that wild. That's been so very cool. rewarding. Yeah. Like dive deep into this, this fish, yeah. you know, like what do snook eat? So whatever way. you throw in front of them, it's big. It's big. Oh yeah, I thought yet. I was going to crack the code on something, <laughs> but no, just whatever is most abundant and available and easy to yeah. catch. But uh, one thing we did learn yeah. is, um, don't tell anybody this, but uh, <laughs> uh, they really like this. We have this invasive species called a Mayan cichlid that's like bright pink. And snook yeah. just kill, they just love them, you know, like they're the best eradicator of Mayan cichlids, you know, and uh, uh, which is yeah. great, you know. So can we keep that in the podcast? Oh, yeah, or can yeah, we, totally. Do we edit yeah. that out? Yeah, that's, that's like super common is knowledge. A, I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is a cichlid the same as the... I'm kind of remembering back to some of our Texas podcasts. Would that be the mm. same as the Guadalupe bass? Like it's a cichlid strain? Anyway, that's that's something for the show notes. No, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess you said, no, they're different. Uh, I forget what the yeah. Guadalupe bass look like. These are just like bright pink... Uh, they're very pute- very pretty. Crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and the snook just go no, wild yeah, for them. Yeah, the snook just, everything loves them. But they're so resilient. These things can, the reason why they're such a good invader is just because they can handle this abuse mm. and, you know, be left in a fish tank mm. for six yeah. days, six months with no water, you know, kind of thing. So, Jesus. Well, not that much, but, you know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But still, yeah. yeah they're yeah, pretty yeah, they're, hardcore. They're, yeah. That's crazy. So it seems to be a lot of stuff like that in Florida, you know, and that's yeah. just from the outside. I'm up here in Canada. I'm like, that's kind of my knowledge of Florida is it's like these resilient creatures of, you know, like invasion. Yeah, yeah my friend, uh, he's an outdoor photographer and he just did like a whole series of like documenting these invasive species that are actually super fun to fish for. Uh, like in some mm-hmm. yeah. like abandoned cars and canals and like shopping carts, you know, like hiding under diapers as wow. you know, yeah. they drift by. <laughs> yeah. It's a wild day. Yeah, it was super wild. So then when did you get to the, uh, so after that, uh, uh, was it to the Bonefish Tarpon Trust? Yeah, like when I was in college, I mean, uh, when I was doing my grad school, like all I wanted to do is be a professor. And like, that was Mm. it. Like that was, I'm, nothing is short of that is what I'm going to do. So I'm doing, I was doing all the steps. So my next, the next step was to get agency experience 
Uh, so I, I took a job with an agency uh, that did research. Mm. And then it's so like out of the blue, the Bonefish Tarp and Trust, my science director called me up and he, I were, I did an internship with him like 12 years before I start, you know, at this time. And he called me up. He's mm -hmm. like, I have this job for you. I, I don't know if you're going to be interested in it. Cause I know it's not, it's like big deviation from what you want to do, but he's like, you're going to be living in the keys and like probably doing a lot of fishing, um, <laughs> studying bonefish and permit and tarpon. Like, I know it's different. You know, he's like really, really reserved about it. And I was like, uh, let me think about that. Uh, and I, two days later, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, sign me up, dude. Heck yeah. I abandoned all yeah. the dreams of whatever <laughs> I had before that. Uh, <laughs> that's so, awesome. Yeah, that's a pretty good job description. I mean, how the hell do you know, just say no right? to someone like, like that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to be fishing a lot, spend your time with the keys, and just research tarpon yeah, and bonefish. Yeah. Like all your grant money stays. How do we research awesome. them? Oh, we got to catch them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, you kind of uh, touched on something about like 12 years ago or whatever. Um, this brought up a question. How long has the trust been around? How long has BTT been around? Yeah, we're this is our 25th annual, uh, 25th anniversary is this year. Yeah. Oh, cool. Wow. And it is tremendous awesome. to watch is how we've grown, particularly in the last, uh, about, uh, eight years and more staff, you know, more research potential and more conservation wins like the the permit protections at Western dry rocks and all sorts of other tarpon regulations that we've done recently. So it's, it's cool to see science, like go somewhere. You, you a lot of people do mm -hmm. science and just, and that's, that's where it dies. But here it just, yeah. it always, right. you know, we always make it, attach it to a policy or, you know, make it maximize right. its potential and making the world a better place, I guess. That's yeah. 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 There's like, there's an outcome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Like an actionable, yeah um item yeah which is yeah. great uh well that's cool i didn't i mean certainly and you know recently you definitely see btt come up and whether it be instagram or youtube or whatever you know even colloquially like you see you kind of always see the name around you know in the like you said the past five to eight years seems to really have gained, gained a lot of notoriety which is great yeah it's awesome well, thank you yeah uh yeah. Oh, okay. Well, why don't we why don't we just switch and talk a little bit about the film now? Pathway to Permit. Um, what is the film all about? For people who haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the long story long, it's uh, about 12, 14 years ago. Fishing guides. Well, first, even further back. For those who don't know, Permit mm -hmm. is a uh, awesome fish, tropical. Uh, probably, I probably I'm going to boast and say it's the hardest fish in the world to catch on fly. Um, and and in the Keys, those are Permit. In a lot of places in the Keys, we have a, a trophy permit fishery. Most of the IGFA world records are from the Florida Keys or Biscayne Bay. Not, not only are they mm -hmm. big, but they're super, super technical, super hard to catch. So it's this fishery that a lot of people say that once you've done everything else, you, you, you all of a sudden you try permit fishing. And, and in the Keys, especially yeah. in Key West, it's really a cult following. Like you can find if you go to the main boat ramp. There's chances are that the guide and his client both have permit tattoos somewhere on their body. And, right. you know, it's just like that kind of culture. It's this rabid obsession oh, with yeah. fish that no one can catch. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> anyways, so about 10 to 12, uh, over a decade ago, fishing guides and anglers started to notice that the number of permit they were seeing on the flats was uh, declining. And the the size of the average size of the fish was getting smaller and smaller. And the, the latter is kind of the, the mm -hmm. bigger issue because, you know, we, we boast this trophy fish mentality here. Uh, so the guides came to us 
and says, hey, can we do some research? Like something's going on with our fishery. We got to figure out what it is and we got to fix it. Mm -hmm. So at that time, permit outside of this little obsessive community in Key West and the Greater Keys was more or less an unregulated uh, food fish. And where people right, right. Would, would target them would be at their spawning aggregation sites. It's kind of like a, a, a novelty fishery where you could, though they're so hard to catch in the flats, you go to their spawning aggregation sites and you catch 12 in a half day. And right. at that time, there was about every other one of those fish that were being caught were being harvested. And so mm. it, it seemed really like a fishery issue where either, either it was over harvest or something else was really going on, judging by the the structure of the decline. If you looked at it like a doctor looks at things and you see the description of the symptoms, you're like, yeah, yeah, it's, there's a fishery issue here that we need to look mm -hmm. at. So right off the bat, we partnered with a few guides associations or the Lower Keys Guides Association in particular. And we approached our state fisheries agency, FWC, to, see, to, mm -hmm. to tell them about the problem that we have this unregulated fishery that means a lot of people, a lot to people in Key West and in the lower keys. Mm -hmm. And can we put some proactive fisheries regulations on here? You know, we don't have any data yet to say anything else, but like, come on, this is like worth a lot of money. Uh, these guys catch like 40 a year each. Like it's not, they're not, you know, they're throwing them all back. Uh, so FWC, our state agency, more or less said, okay, all right, what we're gonna do is we're gonna make a, a special permit zone within the Florida Keys uh, just bracketing the keys permit a permit occur across all across Florida, so it's so there's there's mm -hmm. it's a statewide fishery, but the the flats fishery is just essentially the Florida Keys. So mm -hmm. like, all right, you keys guys are gonna shut up now. We're gonna give you your special permit zone. We're gonna tighten regulations. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're gonna drop down harvest from ten per person per day or whatever outrageous number it was down to two two per person. We're gonna jack up the minimum size limit and. Um, and let us know if it works. And also, if you come back to us again with more complaints, better have science to back up what you're saying. Right. So we're like, all right, cool, cool. Uh, thank you very much. It's really cool that you guys did that. Uh, you're, you usually follow science, and I appreciate you, you kind of listening to us on this. So like four mm -hmm. or five years mm -hmm. later, things are still not getting better. Um, so like, all right, let's, 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 let's attack this scientifically. What's going on. We have an unregulated harvest fishery going above happening outside this special permit zone that we just created. We have no idea if the permit and the keys are going up there to spawn and just getting harvested, right. basically making the zone ineffective. We don't know what's going on on mm -hmm. our local spawning sites. Just about that time, sharks really started becoming a noticeable, uh, interactor with fishing. I, I and, and saltwater fly fishing or saltwater fishing in general, shark mm -hmm. post release predation and catch and release or uh, and depredation is kind of becoming this more and more pervasive issue. And that what would have basically happening, even though it was catch and release for permits on their spawn in the keys in the special mm -hmm. permit zone, uh, you know, we were getting these reports of these guys are like, you know, they're just feeding them to sharks more or less. And we're Jeez. also getting reports that the fish were spawning earlier than the special permit zone kind of protected them. So uh, in this special permit zone, I'm jumping around a lot. I, there was a, yeah, no, it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll distill cool, it down. Cool. There was, yeah. Yeah. there was a closed harvest season uh, from May to July. And then we were getting a lot of reports mm -hmm. that uh, the permit were spawning in March and April, not, 
you know, more April, not uh, and and May, June, and July anymore. They they have been it have been knocked back for for whatever reason. So even though we had this zone in place, the you know there were still a lot of leaks, kind of thing, you know. So we, yep. so we did. We, we were like, all right, we need. Well, let's, let's invest in some studies. So we did a uh, statewide mark recapture study. We handed out a bunch of tags to anglers, uh, asked them to dart tag those those fish, and then when you recapture them, let us know, and we'll tell you where it was originally tagged. And the idea was to see how much hmm, connectivity right. there was between the flats fisheries in the Keys and, and these unregulated harvest fisheries outside the Keys. And if there was really no mm-hmm. connectivity, it doesn't, you know, we, it's outside mission. We don't really, it, it's, it's not our place to say they can't kill them kind of thing. So we ran right. this study and, and the results came back and basically every permit that was tagged outside the special permit zone was recaptured outside the special permit zone. And then every permit, but one that was tagged within the special permit zone was recaptured inside the special permit zone. The only one that wasn't was a fish that was tagged right on the border uh, of the zone. And I mean, I had to move like 20 feet and it had been outside the zone. So it was, yeah, you know, it <laughs> seemed like the zone, apart from maybe this this top right border was is, was doing its job. You know, these fish aren't leaving it. So yeah. harvest outside mm. this special permit zone was was pretty good. So like that that's ruling that out. So that rule kind of yeah. made sense. Like that was a good yeah. system. Yeah, right. science backed it up. Looks great. So we're like, all right, yeah. what what what's happening inside the keys? Now we know that they're they're probably spawning in April, we're hearing, and people are harvesting them in April. Uh, we got this shark depredation issue still going on. So what what can we do there? Mm. So what we did next is we 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 funded this big tracking study where we tagged up a 150 permit on the flats and then saw try to follow them to see where they would go spawn, when they would spawn, and were there particular hot mm. spawning spots. Uh, that were really exclusive for, for the flats permit. Um, yeah. So what what we found, confirming angler reports, is yes, the spawning season had shifted uh, to April. So the the peak spawn is now April, not May, not June, not July, uh, where basically okay. unregulated hmm. harvest. So we approached our, our state agency, and they, um, yeah, and they're like, all right, yeah, this is great. Yeah, we see it. Let's add April to the close closed harvest yeah. season, and and they did it. So they did that within two months. Yeah, they did. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's good. Yeah, that's I great. know, right? Like, go go go, government, man! Like, it's pretty sick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't say we're too used to that in Ontario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you, you come up against the red tape so often. Yeah. Like it's, even when science is there, and it's like great to see yeah. that it actually. Yeah. Off. Oh. Well, Sorry, yeah, just a quick question going back to, you know, the, the I'm just curious, seems interesting, is uh, is that a water temperature thing that they're spawn, spawning earlier, or it's just too hot for them to spawn in May and June? Or? Yeah, it's a water temperature thing. It's a uh, water okay. temperature, lunar phase interaction, full moons, has to be above X degrees, and that's happening mm. earlier, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, sorry, go to, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. But yeah, it is pretty cool that they, you know, you were able to, and pretty yeah. quickly as well. Like you said, they turned that around in like two yeah. months. Yeah, yeah, like right around. Like they sent them the data, oh. and then like two months later, they had the meeting about it to vote on it. And two months after that, it was done. So awesome, pretty. That's awesome. So how how long uh, has that been in effect for now? And has the has has the fishery seen a 
positive change. So that because that came in effect 2018. So the first year we would have noticed anything would have been last year. It takes about three years for a successful spawn to um, oh okay kind of roll into you know the adult fishery that we have. Yeah, and there was a cut there there you know the fishery didn't jump up like it should have. So there was clearly probably right. something else going on. Um, so which led us to our next research line. So now that we buttoned up these two leaks, or we, we confirmed one leak wasn't really a leak, and this other one now is buttoned up, um, we went on to the next thing. And that, that is to address potential interactions with sharks and permit that were spawning. Um, right. And so what we did, we, we again used the tracking, leverage the tracking data, and we, we, follow, we followed them to their various different places they go when they try to spawn. And one place in particular, I mean, permit do spawn in several locations, don't get me wrong, but one per place in particular attracted 71% of the fish that we tagged on the flats. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, wow. just like... Very, very significant. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. permit spawning in other places, but sh I mean, come on, this is where, this is the meat right here. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And of course, uh, there was a reason behind why they were spawning there, and it was because it's a multi-species spawning aggregation site. Uh, it's this little rock pinnacle called Western Dry Rocks, and there's a little eddy that forms right off it. So anything that spawns in that eddy just gets huh. swept like right back into the keys. Um, and not only oh, do cool. permits spawn there, yeah, cool. snapper spawn there, gag group or black group. Wow. Or like there's like a million awesome species that spawn there. So if something happened to that spot, then it would be yeah, pretty bad. Yeah. Like 20 years of mm -hmm. cereal Jeez. overfishing, you know, like I wonder why our fishery is not as good as yeah. it used to be. Uh, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. It's it's yeah, yeah. yeah. the science. <laughs> um, totally. And Go ahead. am I right in saying that when permit, or am I kind of close in saying that when permit spawn, when a permit hatches, it's not a little, it's not a little fish. It's a, it's almost like plankton, and it's like subjected to river, like ocean currents as to where they end up. Yeah, is that kind of that's totally right. Correct. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, so they, <laughs> so like, so they spawn there, and then you were saying that Eddie pushes them right back into the keys, and that's why they live there. That's yeah, funny. yeah. So they spawn in these big aggregations. Like males release their their seed, females release their eggs. They just mix in the soup, yeah. and then um, about fifteen days later, wherever the ocean currents take it, is where that's its home now. That's that's so <laughs> interesting. <laughs> It's <laughs> yeah, crazy. You just flow through space, like as in, <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I right now? <laughs> the keys. Like, yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, That's wild. So we, yeah, we discovered that this is like the the spot for the permit, and not only is yeah. it the spot, but it has all these reasons why you got to keep it going because it's it's seeding the mm -hmm. entire keys with this eddy. Um, yeah. But the problem is because it's this multi-species spawning site. There's basically a year-round fishery for something that's aggregating there, and right. it's a half. It's a you know you can make a half-day charter just going there, so you can run two charters a day by just going there. And so yeah. a lot. So obviously, there's a lot of people that do do that. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, so it's been it's been basically been overfished for way too long, and and permit. Yeah. Jeez, eh? Like, 
I feel like you just, hmm, everybody, let's maybe just band together on this one and, like, not yeah, fish there right. ever again. Because, like, then it, the fishery would be yeah. crazy, you know? like And, like, just think how good the year, I mean, like, even if without the recruitment benefit or the, you know, with bringing more larvae in, if you just, like, not kill yeah. all the awesome spawning fish in, like, one, two-week period, yeah. like, imagine how great the fishery yeah, is exactly. going to be for the rest of the 50 weeks. Yeah. 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 So is that kind of what's happening right now? Like, are, are, is it, are you trying to make that happen or is it sort of a, an impossible? Uh, fight? It was an impossible fight, but we, we may, we managed to pull it off. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the, we identified the site and, um, then like, all right, people, you know, the, a lot of people that fish out there say like, if you hook a permit, it basically gets eaten by a shark and you have to like hook about some, you know, some people said you have to hook 24 permit to get one to the boat pass the sharks other you know mm -hmm. there, people were throwing outrageous numbers out like it's basically a, a you know firing squad for these fish and other people were saying like no it's Jeez. fine you never lose a single one to sharks yeah so given the uncertainty and the potential management applications we funded two studies to basically go out there and fish for these permit and put some mm -hmm. numbers on how many fish were actually getting eaten out there and so uh, we did two studies Two independent labs, one in University of Massachusetts and the other one at Florida International University. And like one was in 2018, the other was in 2019. And uh, they both came up with like virtually the same exact number that somewhere between 35% and 39% of the fish you hook out there basically become shark food. Um, oh, wow. Almost yeah, half. Yeah. That's quite high. Yeah, huh? dude. Like spawn, not only it's like the biggest fish, it's the spawning fish. And like, right. and mm -hmm. super high fit, you know, super high fishing pressure, super high catch rates, right. like the recipe for the worst thing you could ever do for a fishery. And like, it's like disgusting. Like you guys are so lucky in the freshwater world. Yeah. Like people at least don't do that to the, the extent that people, you know, like, uh, I will, I yeah. guess they do. Do they, uh, they depends what it depends is, what I guess, it right? is, but, but yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. We do have some problematic, uh, rivers in our area. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say without getting yeah. into it too much. I mean, I, there's that film in the seventies. Was it the seventies? Like just tarpon. Yeah. The, the title was just tarpon. Yeah. And there's that, you know, I think it, I, 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 can't, I have to imagine it was intentional art direction or editing to like, you know, one scene you've got the guys on, it's like serene flats boat, Jimmy Buffett music playing. Literally it's, he, he did the score and then the next scene is, you know, this chaotic tourist tr troller boat with like all these people, almost like kind of like, yeah. you know, like Looney Tunes, like Daffy Duck and all of them like leaning Chicken over the man. edge of a, of a, or like a Pinocchio when the, right. when the tunas right. come into the whale and they're just pulling up fish after fish after fish. And a lot of them, you know, I was surprised when I first watched that movie was, well, they were permit. And then there's this mm -hmm. scene, the kind of morbid scene at, afterwards where they're, they put all the big trophy fish, they skewer them on a big board. Like, look what this boat caught today. And they're just putting <coughs> like satellite dish sized permit on this, on this. And I'm just, just like, wow, I just, you know, they're deep, like deep sea fishing. And I had always associated the a, a permit, you know, or offshore fishing, I guess I should say. And I always associated with being a flat species, but I, I wonder if they were around where, this was yeah they 100 percent were like that boat still that's yeah, that like still runs out to that area like um right oh yeah but no it's so funny you mentioned that it's awesome that you've seen that film but 
I was like in that the opening scene, they have the lady with like the neck brace that's like, you know, like coming up on the boat. And- <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. it's it. They did such a good job being like, is it, see what fishing can be and like see what it is. Kind of, I I think that was their maybe right. un- intentional or unintentional commentary. But you know, if that's happening every day, it's pretty easy to see why you know mm-hmm. a fish why would degrade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. It's just yeah. It's, you go out there and just like, it's like you know some someone on the flats thinks about that fish that just died, just got eaten by a shark like every mm-hmm. day, you know, like and it's it's just yeah, mm-hmm. and not only the economic, yeah. and that's even with that's even with fly fishing too, right? Like was it the same like fly catching it on the fly and releasing the fish has thirty five percent chance of oh no, no getting eaten by a shark? Uh, that's not yeah. Fly so we cat. we did the the first study kind of looked at a, a geographic approach to it uh where was you know where is depredation bad where is it not and the flats i don't if they lost one out of 50 to a shark um so it exists but you know you got you got if you catch 50 permit you're pretty awesome i guess but we they're fishing with crabs and life bait and much easier um and there there was other wrecks that were there was other places that were worse there's some wrecks Mm -hmm. in the gulf where resident fish live and it and it's close to 90%. Like, it's just, you hook one, it's just instant blood pool, you know. It's, but. Oh, wow. Jeez, eh? So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, so now dry, uh, sorry, Eastern. Western dry rocks. Yeah. Western dry rocks. So now it's kind of a protected zone. Yeah, yeah. So we got, we got these data back. That's cool. And then there was, like, an insane amount of controversy about this. Like, um, we joined together with a bunch of different nonprofits to kind of try to advocate for this in all channels. Um, the main, the main partner was the lower keys guides association. And I mean, just to give you an example, a few of the guides kind of really stuck their necks out on this, uh, issue. We, we did a whole social media campaign and, uh, Mm -hmm. it was, it was, it was really clever in some senses, but, uh, had some consequences. Um, and this is being one of them that, uh, some of these guides that were really sticking up for us in this campaign, like uh, they woke up one morning and they had a dead permit on their doorstep or a dead permit on their daughter's swing set. Like just weird stuff, weird. you know, like, I mean, just fishing, mm-hmm. man. Permit like, mafia. Um, yeah, 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 and, seriously. Yeah, and they attached hardcore. me to be like the the guy who was responsible for this, all of this. You know, I was getting some pretty nasty stuff sent my way oh, and I some bet, threats. Man. And this is all during COVID. And I, I like, I, I anchored my sailboat out. Like, I don't know, I was like four or five miles away from this or yeah, you know, I was actually you know ten or twelve miles away from the boat ramp, and I was literally just like just north of Western Dry Rocks. It was some of the best permit mm-hmm. fishing ever, you know. Like, um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, anyways, I, but anyways, they, I was starting to get some weird messages and comments sent my way. Like, I know you're on your boat. I know where your boat is, and like, uh, yeah, Jeez, I know. Like, I ran into Linville, Nathaniel Linville, at the boat ramp, and he's like, "Well, you got a gun, don't you?" I'm like, my girlfriend's like, "He's got a spear gun." great this is this is done love her love where this is going this is not going well uh yeah (laughs) Yeah, seriously so yeah i got we got super heated and um but anyways after about a year and a half battle with these with uh you know the the people that didn't want to see it closed and the agencies did the right thing and like uh um yeah they they uh, enacted a four-month seasonal closure uh to prevent fishing there um Mm. 
Awesome. Yeah, and at that at that four month window, it, it was pretty pretty optimal. Like most most everything kind of spawned between April and July, or yeah, whatever four months is past April. I think it's July. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that so that cover like mm-hmm. the the threat the fisheries everyone was really concerned about and our most popular fisheries. Well, at the same time, it really right. allowed access to. There's like a lot. There are some sustainable fishing that does go on there for sailfish and wahoo and marlin and stuff, and that's all kind of winter spring. So, um, right. This this goes really really felt like it hit the sweet spot in terms of protecting the spawning fish and um, still allowing people that do cool stuff to do cool stuff. And uh, yeah, so it was yeah. it was good. It was good on the back end of it now or. Uh, with, if you count COVID as a year, uh, I mean, the, as like a closure year, you know, which is reasonable. Yeah. So this is, we're approaching kind of the third year of this. So mm-hmm. if, if we really see an uptick next year, we know, we know it's good, but yeah. That's exciting. That's super exciting. Like just yeah. waiting for that, yeah. you know, to come back. So, I mean, in the film, you'll see if, if you watch it, which I think I've shared it's it's also not that long, so <laughs> it's not like a three-hour endeavor. It's, you know, what, 15 minutes or something? Yeah, it's probably shorter than um, everything I just n- said, n- for sure. Yeah, n- narrated uh, narrated by Flip <laughs> Pallet, one and only. Mm-hmm. Um, Ross, you're in it. Uh, you look good, by the way. <laughs> Looking good. Uh, but, uh, but you know, there's scenes of, uh, you know, tracking and aggregating data and whatnot. Are you, is that, con- is that a constant thing? Like, are you still tagging? Are you still actively tagging permit? Um to you know see the efficacy of the program is that just something that never stops or i guess where are you in your research yeah no that's a great question um because how contentious this management action was uh you know we weren't the only ones uh the the fwc our state agencies really put this as a they call it a provisional closure so it's it's more of like a trial like they've never they've never closed anything so close to mainland everything else is usually 200 miles in the middle of nowhere that like four commercial guys fish um so right. this is so novel and such a such a progressive step for our our state agency to do so they're like taking this very seriously so they're reviewing it every mm-hmm. three five and seven years so we're, we're continuing to uh do our tracking work which is through uh, carlton university which i believe is close to you guys uh yeah what that's, that's crazy what where i have my ah, degree from good cool. man scholar <laughs> that's awesome that's so weird we're we're both from yeah we're both i mean we we're live in toronto ottawa. now but we were both from ottawa oh awesome wow yeah. that's that's awesome a really interesting canadian connection yeah Carleton yeah University. i got some smart guys up there yeah. great great school yeah great school and um so so they're <laughs> they're going to continue the work um for the next for another two years and they're so these tags last for five years so they're going to be tagging for two more years oh, cool and it'll be idea to see if the permit cool. or you uh, stay in there longer, more likely to revisit all these kind of indicators that early, early indicators that something good is happening. And um, we're following that up with another study with a kind of more of like, I'm going to say a hook and bullet lab, but like a fisheries lab that does aggregation work and has all these really high, high tech sonars that can you know hmm. actually count how many permit are there. So we can see how many are if the aggregation is getting bigger. And we, they did this earlier before it closed. And also, um, yeah, uh, you know, the fish getting bigger within the aggregation, which is really the kind of the the, the, the big win if we start getting our trophy fish back. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, the fishing yeah. is still really cool in the Keys, but like, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but it could yeah. always be cooler, and it was a lot cooler. So, um, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, try yeah. to get back to that point for sure. Or stabilize yeah. it at least. Yeah, def- you know? Of course. Or st- exactly. Yeah. Stabilize yeah, it. Yeah, and then work from there. Yeah, because I was, you know, it was funny when we were in the Bahamas. You don't really, we didn't run into meal permit and weren't expecting to either. But I only like learned that after I got there. I just kind of thought they were everywhere. So it was a cool moment in in the film where you know you see they show the tracking data or whatever. They don't move that far, really. I mean. They swim a lot. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but I mean, like they just, they just stay in the keys. They're happy. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, you know, we've been in Tobago, which is actually where Yilma's from, and encountered lots of permit there. And my question, just like out of the blue, was always like, oh, I wonder if they stay here. Or do they live here? Do they go, you know, up to Cuba? Do what are they doing? <laughs> what are they doing? Are they more like tarpon? Or they, yeah. Kind of interesting because tarpon move far, right? Like they, they they travel like quite a distance. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They go all the way up to uh, I guess New York now. Uh, but I mean, every year climate change is pushing them, you know, another latitude up um, further. Which is interesting to see what the the repercussions are that going to be for us at the the southernmost latitude of their migration range. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, but it does make you know. And, well, yeah. I don't know how many more years until you can get like a tarpon in the morning and then go get a bluefin tuna in the afternoon. That's pretty, pretty awesome. Right? Yeah, yeah. it's pretty wild, eh? That's pretty wild. And a couple more years, we'll yeah, have them up in Nova Scotia. Go. So you know, there's <laughs> go easy on our fish. <laughs> Just start, yeah. start roping tarpon off the coast of Nova Scotia. That'd be crazy. Can you imagine swinging for tarpon? Yeah. Is it kind of safe to say? Maybe not safe to. I don't know. It does. Does is permit kind of like number three down in the keys in a in a weird way like like uh, you know you always hear about tarpon or even bonefish I mean heck it's in the name bonefish tarpon trust but you do you know permit research is it you think there's there's more attention now than maybe beforehand on keys permits or was it always were they always popular or were you know what I mean Yeah no it's a good, it's a great question um, the permit fishery kind of there was the history of it had like two two components one um mm-hmm. we lost our bonefish fishery completely so bonefish guides needed something else to catch yeah. you know something else to catch and at the same time that that fishery was kind of showing signs of trouble uh del brown tommy robinson and a few other guys found a way to catch them on fly um mm. so the kind of innovation coupled with a, a, a loss of the other fishery got really got got the popularity going mm-hmm. Um, but now, you know, in the lower keys, like you're a permit guide and you fish tarpon, you know, mm. like that's, that's what right. you do. So, right. um, it's a pretty yeah. serious thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, but it's cool. Our bonefish are coming back, man. Um, that was going to be my yeah. next question. Like, how do I, I didn't know they were gone. I know. I was like, wait, the bonefish fishery got, got wiped yeah, out. We, uh, it, it was a slow progressive decline till about 2010. Then we had a big freeze event that knocked them back. But like in 2015, all of a sudden we have like a million small bonefish and we've had seven years of good wow. recruitment and, um, damn fishery is a lot of fun. They're small, uh, but they're getting bigger. So that's yeah. great. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Oh man, we yeah, gotta have awesome. you back on and just do a bonefish oh, show. I love it. That's uh... I, I know. I know we're. I know we're focused on <laughs> permit because of the film and everything, and and yeah. because permit are so special. Yeah. But yeah, that's like a, a whole other can of worms. Yeah, the, the good thing about bonefish yeah. is you can like go out and actually catch one. You know, you don't just go out and just right. be <laughs> shut down. 
You know? Hell yeah. Now is permit is permit like that just because they they are such a selective hard fish to catch, or is it because the numbers are kind of small? Oh, right the, that is so school a lot of schools have thought on that. My favorite is one of my friends think they're just too dumb to recognize anything. So just, <laughs> so that that's what he thinks. Uh nice. yeah, they're they're just they're just too picky. Like they their eyes are mm. you know, proportionally bigger than most other fish's eyes and yeah. You see them studying that fly, like, and the second it does something wrong, like, now, yeah, I'm, I'm done with this. You know? See ya. Yeah. Great, yeah. great sense of That's smell cool. as well. Uh, not like a bonefish. A bonefish is definitely the kind of okay. a basset hound. Of, um, of, oh, um, cool. Yeah, cool. and it's, uh, you know, I know you guys don't do this, but uh, we, we, I do a lot of chumming for research. You know, it's a very effective way to get bonefish quickly, and especially on yeah. conventional tackle where I can just, you know, horse them in. But uh, and it's actually really <laughs> exciting when you put chum in the water and you see bonefish and just see them just like, yes, you know, and they're like, so happy. <laughs> and my yeah. girlfriend, she just like, she's like, <laughs> hates fly fishing, but she just loves chumming for bonefish as long as nobody fishes for them, you know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just to see them, um, yeah. That's cool. Actually, that probably is probably pretty oh, cool. Do you chum on the, like you chum the flats and it's just all of a sudden there's just like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You just see them just like. <laughs> You wow. know, like, that's awesome that's so cool <laughs> that's so cool uh, just to see them yeah just, like you don't even need to fish for it them. Is, yeah oh, you like. just bring a couple beers and just throw some shrimp in the water and they're just like oh yeah. here they come that is give so shrimp. Cool. they've been good, good bone fish you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> feed, it's like feed geese yeah, yeah exactly with the bread well i love that yeah i mean like i have i fished for permit a couple times and i've hooked a few have not have landed really? them and and uh, yeah, well, it's yeah, <laughs> but um, but it was funny. The last time we were in Florida, um, we were actually there for tarpon, and um, our guide was a buddy of somebody on the trip. Um, he was showing me pictures, just flipping through, and then all of a sudden, he's just showing pi- pictures of permit after permit after permit. And he was a conventional, uh, uh you know, angling guide, gear guide. And, uh, but we were like, he was a friend of a friend and he's like, he's like, yeah, we'll go on my boat. It'll be great. Kind of thing. And, um, and we weren't finding the tarp and, and I was like, I was like, where'd you catch, like, where are you getting those permit? And he's like, oh, and we, you know, we went into like a bay and there was a school of like, dude, like a hundred permit in like six to eight feet of water. And they're just, I, I, and you know, my buddy Nick was like, uh, well you go on, I know you're obsessed with permit sort of. Um, why don't you go on the bow and cast? I'm getting to a point. I'm getting to a point. I'm getting to a yeah, point. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm on the edge of my <laughs> seat. Um, and, and I'm, and I'm on the bow <laughs> and it's like, on a, I'm like pumping casts into this school and every cast four or five fish come up and they look at it and they like, they're looking at it and then they're like, they're like, eh. and I'm like every two casts, I'm like changing, changing the fly, you know? And it's like Change a 70 fly, foot man. cast into the wind every time. I'm just like, just pumping, and I'm not in a flats boat. We're in like a center con. The waves are going crazy, and I'm like, after an hour and a half, I'm like, I literally, I can't. I'm not gonna catch one. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick puts a, car, uh, a crab on on the spinning rod. First cast is just like boom, hooked up. I was like, fuck. I was like, so I was like, but I mean, obviously, I mean, it's it's live bait, so sure. But you know, maybe there's yeah. something to your buddy's point that they are just so dumb they don't know any better. They're like is that a fake i don't know what that is <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, then yeah. but then when they see yeah. smell and and feel the real thing they're like oh, they're like okay cool 
but that was just yeah. so cool. I had, you know, I, I wasn't expecting to see, it was kind of like an interesting, like, uh, lesson in permit behavior because I could see them like, look at the fly. Cause every other time I've encountered one was either in Tobago with, with Yilma where we hooked a few and lost them. But those were like solo or like in, a, in two pairs on the flats. This was like a group of a lot of them, you know? And it was just cool watching them all interact with each other after a while. We just kind of ate lunch and watched them swim that's, around. This is awesome. super cool. Um, so the Tobago yeah. fishery, uh, I mean, con- congrats, a permit or hard anywhere for sure. Um, but that's awesome. Get hooking too? Killer, man. Jealous. Yeah, we, you know, after a week of, we were in Tobago, actually, just as the world was crumbling mm-hmm. with COVID. And, and, you know, by the end of the week, we actually hooked a few. But we were seeing tons. We were there in March uh, 2019. And, yeah, we, you know, again, I don't know that much about saltwater fishing. But, I mean, it seemed like we were seeing a lot of them. Like, we were seeing 10 to 15 fish every day. And, you know, and not a very large area. Like, in, in Tobago, it's like, you know. Mm-hmm. it's not a big flat and we're going on the same flat every day. Cause there's only like two <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so that was pretty cool. So yeah. Permit yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I keep hearing about these fish, man. I gotta, I gotta try it on my hand and a permit. They're just so cool looking. You yeah. Know, they're so cool. When we looking. brought the one in Florida to the, the boat and I was actually holding it for the first time. I was just like, wh- we were both Nick and I were both like, whoa. Cause it's yeah. like, it's just so cool. <laughs> It'd be great to be, I'd, I'd cool. love to do the tagging. It'd be so much fun. Yeah. 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 If you guys are down on the keys, man, at least we uh, can show you some. I mean, you can try casting at them. I don't know. I don't know if I can't promise a, a fish, but, um, but no, they're <laughs> yeah. just so yeah. cool. Just uh, the way they tail. I mean, a 20 pound mm-hmm. fish sticks mm-hmm. his whole tail out of the water and uh, just there's something magic about them. You know? Yeah, totally. The tagging program is really interesting. Like, how, like, how have you found, like, do you guys find you have a ton of fish tagged? And, like, you know, as time goes on, do you really notice, like, numbers of these things? Like, I'm just so interested in the tagging and, like, following these things along. Like, it's so cool. Oh, it is. It is it's really, really cool. Yeah. It, um, so I think our first batch of tags is expired. Um, so we, we mm-hmm. there's still some life left in a few. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah. So a good example is uh, 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 well, a guy, uh, an angler and a guy down here, uh, Nathaniel Linville and uh, John O'Hearn, uh, they were they caught a permit that had a dart tag in it. And every every fish we put a surgery with the acoustic transmitter in that we can follow has a dart tag. And mm. yeah. I knew cause I, I had a hunch that it was one that we tagged with uh, both the internal and the external. So he tagged it. And caught it, or see, he we, actually we tagged it uh, like four years or yeah. three years before he caught it. And when he caught it, it was literally on the exact same white spot that we caught, we tagged it at. But when we looked at the tracking wow. data. What? This thing had been like flying all around the keys, and like for the odds of this <laughs> thing to like be caught again at the same spot, you know, I just. That is so cool. Yeah, like, that's what wild. happens at this white spot. They just like lose their minds or something, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's so crazy. Yeah. What a coincidence. Like the timing yeah. lined up so well. So the crabs are the tastiest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are tasty crabs. Tasty crabs on that white spot. Um, how how much are you relying on? Uh, I'll just call them citizen scientists, like people in their boats. You know, how many people? How do you get tags? Like, do you just go on your like go on the website and be like, yeah, I want to I'm on the, you know, I'm on the water every day. Give me some tags. Give me some tags. Yeah, for the uh, 
for the external tags, that's what we did. But we we've since that hmm. that got as much information as we could get out of it. Um, we, there's no more sense in stabbing fish. We don't have to. Uh, for the the internal tags, you need to have a scientist on boat. There's a bit of a bit of a technical bit because you have to do a surgery to put the tag inside them, uh, then sew it up with uh, oh, wow. sutures and stuff. And the tags cost a lot of money, so you'll Whoa. you want to you want to make sure it's done perfectly and done right. So, but a yeah, lot of people yeah. always offered to help, and and those are always much much appreciated because, like we've been talking about, these things are so freaking hard to catch, like. You can't stick a bunch mm -hmm. of nerds from Canada on mm -hmm. a boat and like expect them to like, you know, catch like 150. <laughs> definitely not, we would. Definitely not this nerd. <laughs> no. um, definitely not. <laughs> so is that no idea? Is that primarily how you're getting the fish? Like you're not netting no, these things. No. Like you're not like yeah, you're not dragging nets. You're literally catching, having to catch yeah. them and tag them. Yeah. So um, that's, yeah, that's a, a phenomenal amount of yeah, work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's fun, but it's it's high stress, you, you know. Like, because if you don't catch anything, that's like, what did you do today? You know. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like it's like yeah. a work day at that point, right? It's not just like yeah. a day out fishing. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, it's really cool. I mean, yeah. Like everybody, check the film out. We're gonna put it in the show notes. Um, it's such a crazy story, and and it's exciting. I'm like I'm like really excited to see the data that comes out next year. I mean, like that's yeah. That's really cool, you know, like to, if it does, maybe there's going to be a huge yeah. spike, you know, it's, it'll be like, whoa, like that's. You know, there's a whole bunch amazing. of small permit now that like just just entered the fishery that would be two to three mm. years old. So, I mean, with the, the extension yeah. in April, uh, the COVID year, you know, it's like it's optimism, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, plugging up these leaks, I think it's making a big making a big jump to speed up whatever recovery is happening. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. For looking forward to it yeah i mean yeah no i think it's amazing i just yeah. think it's cool too that like you can be in a place that's so big like the ocean <laughs> and yeah. i know you're inshore or whatever but still it's a lot of large swath of water and notice these things you're like oh there's a bunch of new per yeah. permit hanging around you're like okay that's so cool that you know yeah you've been there that long that you can kind of you know even you know uh, informally kind of understand that about your fishery. yeah i wish it was, i wish those reports came from me uh, those are a bunch of guides and anglers mm. like, Hey man, like, uh, yeah, tons We're of permit around. I'm like, I'm not seeing them. Where are you, where, where are you fishing at? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to go do <laughs> yeah, research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But, uh, I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So we've got five more questions that we ask, uh, every guest in the show towards the end of the show. And, uh, we're going to ask you them now. And I'm really curious to know what, this first one is what is your favorite fish and why God, if you had to pick so a favorite many. fish uh yeah. right now yeah. i'm riding i'm riding high on bonefish uh i i love them yeah. all permit and snook would be my next two but uh yep there's but like I, someone asked me this question like what name put a word to each of these fish and i was like the first one was tarpon yeah and like the first thing that came to mind was just like angry like nobody's happy in tarpon season yeah. like the fish you're just angry at the fish you're angry at the boat that just anchored in front of you you know like angry at the wind yeah. that never stops blowing and like and like yeah, yeah. It's frustrating yeah, and like frustrating. it is just like yeah. suffering you know it's just like so much <laughs> suffer fast. rejection and second guessing and like why if i had just like one little more strip you would eat you know and like yeah. bone mm -hmm. fish is just like pleasure you know like it's on you if you screw yeah. it up with a bone fish like you know but so um 
Right. It's like so. Yeah. I, I yeah. I'm 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 loving bonefish right now, especially because it's getting good. Um, yeah. yeah. They are such yeah. a happy little fish too. Yeah, they're you know? like, like they're just like willing to eat. They're just like yeah, they're kind of happy, joyful. Like, and there's lots of them. You know, well, you know, I mean, it depends where you are, I suppose. But yeah, you know, I mean, cool. like they yeah. run. They're like, all right, I'm done. Get the hook out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're like, well, yeah. If we, if you were gonna give up that easy, did you have to run away so far? <laughs> um, <laughs> totally. Yeah, but there's a few things that are. I, I love waiting shallow water flats for for bonefish. Nothing better in the world. Yeah, that is. Yeah, Nothing so better. Cool. Nothing better. So cool. Just got a siren here one second. There's a fire going on down or something like that. I hope it's not mine. <laughs> um, number two of Mitchie's Fishies 5. If you could fish anywhere in the world right now, assuming it's like the best time of year to go fish there and you're going to have an amazing time, I where would you go? go? The keys. I love it here. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it sounds like you're pretty uh, ingrained yeah. within the ecosystem there on a sailboat. And I mean, you've got, yeah, like Aldo was saying, you've got such a connection to the, the, the life and everything there. Yeah. What is it about the keys? Like beyond all the stuff we've talked about that you, that you love. Uh, I just, it's just so, it, I don't know. There's like different ways you can approach a fishery. They're like the one approach is travel. You get you get like the, the, the you just kind of skim the little bit of yeah. whatever you can see, uh, or you can like live in it, just become immersed in it, and just dig deep into the the mechanics of it and really learn it. And I, I you know I just like the that I'm I'm kind of at that phase now where I'm learning it and I can I kind of find fish every time I go now and um, mm. but it's just yeah. it's beautiful. I mean we have these beautiful flats uh not to sound like an advertisement for the keys but like our fishing guide community like there's no better guides no more better professionals mm -hmm. no more work hard um you can do it mm -hmm. you can do it yourself it's just and we just so many options you know it's just like there's permit yeah they're big there's yeah. bonefish they're getting bigger and there's tarpon and if you don't want to if you want to get snapper you just go to you find your snapper spot you get dinner and just I don't know. I love it. I love it. Everyone that was going to complain is problems, but this is just, it's happened to me, man. I don't want to go anywhere else. Yeah. 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 And that's just the thing. Like when that, that was the first place I had ever saltwater fly oh, fish. Man. And like, you yeah. know, aside from, you know, I didn't catch a bonefish permit or a tarp in the first time, but it, I, it blew my mind. I was j catching Jack yeah. and Barracuda and snapper on the fly. And it was just like, it's cool. I still, I, you know, remember so vividly, like the day we got there to guys, um, my friend's house and you know it was on the water and you're just his dad was like hey catch some snapper for dinner and i thought that meant getting on a boat and going somewhere and he just pitched a shrimp off the back deck and within five minutes we had dinner and i was like okay i get it you know like you could get why yeah, you awesome. never want to leave because it's like the sun shines the whole time yeah, it looks beautiful the water's yeah. beautiful and there's just like the keys is just an interesting place like key west you know, even in its like human mm -hmm. history, American history is a really cool place. You know, you got Hemingway, you've got everything yeah. that happened, and it's just such like what an interesting little like corner of the world. The Keys, specifically. Yeah. Although I pre yeah, I appreciate you, yeah. you you seeing that and appreciating it. It's just uh, and just yeah, I just I've lived in enough places to know where like I like and I don't like, and I, I like it here. And I, I think yeah, there's a reason why we get so many people coming because it's awesome. You know. You guys yeah. should, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mitch, definitely get down here, man. Yeah, I gotta get down yeah. there. I've been, I've been wanting to for for years now. It's, it's, uh, I think it's my kind of place. It's definitely your kind of place. And like the thing is, it's just easy. Well, Mitch loves rum cocktails, so 
Key West is great for that. Actually, everywhere in the Keys yeah. is. But like for people from Toronto, like it's a three-hour flight direct to Key West. Like yeah, it's so to, easy to Key West or you know or Fort Lauderdale or Miami, and you can get down there really, really easily. Just saying. <laughs> We're doing it. I mean, hey, you know, there might be some really good returns next year on those permits, so I think we should start planning a planning a trip. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, number three of Mitch's Fishies 5 is what is one of your best or favorite fishing memories from uh, the years? Well, I actually caught my first permit on fly. Um, yeah. It was super cool. Uh, it was a year, almost a year to the day after, like, the Western Dry Rocks. Or no, um, it was, like, a year after kind of the Western Dry Rocks stuff kind of settled down and yeah. uh mm-hmm. my girlfriend was featured on uh like a patagonia as one of their conservation people she's really smart smarter than i am oh, and nice. um <laughs> so the photographer wanted us to go who's a friend of ours wanted to go to key west to get a shot of her catching a bonefish over white sand i'm like great everybody's tarpon fishing cool. piece of cake the flats yeah. are gonna be empty now we should and oh and yeah. it was supposed to be no wind so it was supposed to be just like the perfect day so we, we, we leave, the yeah. wind is now blowing 15 to 20 knots and there's no tarpon around. So everybody that was tarpon fishing is now fishing in exactly the same places that I was expecting to have be empty. So I'm like, great. Oh, so yeah. we start chumming to get one bone fish for this and just call it a day and go to the bar. And then a Marine for, you know, <laughs> then these massive squalls start coming in like awesome. This is just getting better and better. So we're hiding from a yeah. hiding from this giant rainstorm. And um, just anchor behind this island. Me and now, my friend Ian and I are just drinking. Like, this is just this safe shot. And, yeah. and my girlfriend just sits <laughs> there. She's like, hey, hey, guys, I don't want to disturb the, you fishing masters, but there's two permit right next to us. And we're like, <laughs> both look down, and there's yeah. just two permit, like, trying to grab crabs off this piece of weeds that we're going by. We're like, oh, what? Wow. So my friend Ian grabs a rod, Amazing. draws a fly. Uh, <laughs> permit jumps all over yeah. it but he dropped he ended up dropping the fly line just out of like just sheer surprise oh yeah so yeah. like oh mm. wow something may be happening so uh anyways it, might, you know, it turned out to be my turn uh after this happened it repeated itself and i see some fish and i had 30 knots of wind behind me so all i had to do was just kind of throw the fly line in the air Jeez. and just point it in that direction yeah. and i got you know it was like a 90 foot cast landed right in front of these two fish i hook up into one thinking it's my first permit turns out it was a big bone fish yeah awesome so we got the photo for Uh, her and everything uh uh so then we we go to this next spot and what was so cool about this is during COVID, i had my sailboat anchored right behind i watched the sunset on this flat our sunrise on this flat every day for two and a half months and we're like let's pull it there's a there's an edge there you know i think there may be a maybe something and sure enough we see this big permit coming right down the bank and i drop a fly and it just crushes it and it was a nice fish. It was, you know, 20, oh. 20, uh, eight, 15, 20 pound fish. Um, so it just, Jeez. not only was it a cool day in the sense, <laughs> 20 yeah, pounds. yeah. Like not only was it a cool day in the sense that I got a big bone fish and got a big permit, uh, and yeah. we got everything done for the photography, but it just started off so bad and just like ended so good, yeah. you know? And, um, yeah. And we found tail yeah, and yeah. bonefish at the end of the, at the sunset too, which made it even better. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, wow. The, wow. What a day. Does sound like what a day. One of those days you want to just like relive, you know, like Groundhog Day style. If you could just relive a day over and over. That sounds oh, like yeah. a pretty good one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I, I would like to cut out the like the <laughs> agony of the first four hours. <laughs> you know, yeah, but, totally. Yeah. You had to pay your, your due. Yeah. Though. 
you know, you had yeah. to, you had to suffer. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Number four, Mitch's Fishies five is why do you fly fish? Like, what do you get out of fly fishing? Why do you keep going uh, back out? I like its simplicity a lot. I like it's, you know, it's complicated as it gets, but it's a rod, a boat, a little bit of litter material mm-hmm. and like a chicken feather on a hook, you know, like it's, I really appreciate yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, <laughs> I think that's, yeah, that's probably it. I like that. That's like, we've never really heard that answer before. And I think a lot of people talk about fly fishing as, yeah, like it's complicated or it's like, you know, it's difficult or whatever else. But when you say break it down, like a stick and some line and a feather with a hook, like kind of is exactly what fly fishing is, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it really is simple. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I, 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 yeah, I started appreciating that when I was like, oh, do I got everything I needed? And I was like, I got a rod. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's got to fly on it. Yeah. I guess we're good, you know. <laughs> I guess we're good to go, good yeah. To go. I love it. That's cool. That's the first time we've heard that. Um, okay, my favorite question of Mitch's Fishies 5, uh, and our last one is, what fly pattern represents you best and why? If you were a fly pattern, what would you be? <laughs> Existing. <laughs> or maybe made up. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a tough one. Um, yeah. Yep. I don't know. I guess it'd be like some kind of twitchy gurgler, you know, just something that makes a lot of noise and you know moves around a ton, I guess. <laughs> nice. nice. I like that. That's good. So, <laughs> twitchy so, gurgler. Some people interpret the question as like, what's, what's the fly I use most often? But really, we mean yeah. like, what, if like if you transformed into a fly, <laughs> what would you be? So yeah, well, appreciate oh, the thanks. answer. I was like when people. Yeah, I, I was like when people like like start like picking characteristics out of the fly and matching them to their characteristics. <laughs> That's why I like yeah. that question. Like, That's cool. <laughs> yeah, like our friend, our friend Andy would be a Sam Wander. I love that. That's my favorite. I think it's very tall and yeah. It's yeah, great. our friend Chloe. I love that. A friend of ours, Chloe, like uh, she works at uh, Yellowstone Angler in in Montana, and like without flinching, she was like, "I'm a bitch creek," and I was like, "All right, <laughs> all right." It's like, Fuck all right. I was like, okay, "What are you, bitch? What's your fly?" Yeah, it's great. I think I said I'd be. I got a little Adams. Mm-hmm. You know, like a little fluffy Adam. <laughs> what about you, Aldo? <laughs> what was Aldo? What did you say again? I don't know. My answer like ch- changes every once in a while. Like I remember you know, our most recent episode on the Yellow Sable River. Brandon, our, the, our 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 guest, asked me, and I said, "Well, I'm kind of like an Osable wolf because I'm like pretty hairy. <laughs> I you know I float pretty well, and I'm pretty obnoxious, <laughs> but um, float pretty well. But uh, but I don't know if I was a salt. Maybe if I was a saltwater fly." Uh, yeah, let's say it was a saltwater fly. I think I'd. I'd be a crab. You'd for sure for be sure. a crab pattern. <laughs> like, with you just like you know, moving sideways. <laughs> yeah, just freaking out. <laughs> I think if I was I a saltwater it. fly, I'd be like a mantis shrimp or something. Just again, a lot of hair, nice. lot of lot yeah. of bu- like very bushy and and uh, and yeah, slightly obnoxious. and slightly obnoxious. The gurgler man, <laughs> keep making noise because it's uh, it's doing yeah. a lot of good and it's oh, uh, it's cool to see the work. Nice one, Mitch. It's Cool to see the work you're doing right now, and uh, it's uh, very respectful, respectable, and uh, I'm super fucking jealous that you live on a sailboat in the Keys. <laughs> oh, yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming it. on the show, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, now it's like shameless plug time. Like, where can people find the film? Where How can people contact you or get in? If, do you live, are you listening to this? Do you live in Florida or do you travel to Florida often? You know, are you a Canadian snowbird? 
um, you know, you want to get involved, you know, how can people do that? The film is a pathway for permit. I think I said a pathway to permit earlier, so I'm just correcting myself. Pathway for permit. Pathway for permit. It's on YouTube. Um, it'll be in our show notes. Ross is in the film uh, a couple times, narrated by Flip Pilot and some really beautiful cinematography as well. Uh, so you can see all, what we talked about. But yeah, Ross, uh, how can people reach you if you want to be reached or how can people get in, in, involved with Bonefish Tarp? Yeah, Fox? yeah. If you if you want to get involved with BTT, uh Definitely check our website out at bonefishtarpentrust.org. Um, we have an easy place to write, write us, uh, contact us. If you want to reach out to me directly, my Instagram handle is uh, madfishscientist. Uh, I'm pretty responsive on that. Um, <laughs> Love it. But yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not looking for follows, but you just asked for like, you know, something I answer. Uh, um, <laughs> totally. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just uh, yeah. Please look into us. We we do good work, and we're really proud of what we do, and we make change. Awesome, That's awesome, wicked. Thank you so much again for coming on the show, Ross. Thank you. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the one and only Gills Fly Fishing International. Gills Fly Fishing International provides the destination angler with the best personalized trip planning and booking experiences possible. And they run FFI Magazine, an online fly fishing magazine with articles from your favorite fly fishing writers. The magazine is filled with tips, trips, and tight line stories to get you jacked for your next adventure out on the water. Visit flyfishinginternational.com to learn more. That's flyfishinginternational.com. Or head to ffimagazine.com to check out the magazine. That's ffimagazine.com. Today's show is brought to you in part by Chums. Yes, Chums, the makers of fantastic outdoor gear for guides, dirt bags, river rats, and weekend warriors. Chums has been crafting exceptional products since 1983, most notably including their eyewear retainers, which is how they got their start. Many of Chums' products are made in the USA, and they're all designed with adventure in mind. Head to chums.com to explore a wide range of products, including wallets, bags, phone dry cases, eyewear retainers in all kinds of wicked styles, and much, much more. Every time we hit the water, Chums is right there with us in the form of amazing on-the-water gear, and of course, keeping our sunglasses from sinking to the murky depths of the waters we fish. Head to chums.com to explore sweet stuff, chums.com. I'm, I'm really toasty right now. I got my AC off. And I got the window closed because uh, the wind slams the door. But I do have the AC oh, on yeah. in the other room. It's just when I'm in here, it doesn't matter. I'm hot. But I know, I, Ross was super I, I, cool. I, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just stuck on this AC thing. I got, no, I turned, <laughs> I turned mine off for the same reason. I was like, I don't want it blowing. I'm because making of the, noise. the the burn noise. Yeah, it's a little bit too loud on the, uh, the old listener ears. Um but yeah, Ross is super dope. He's super cool. Really cool. The work that they're doing is unreal. I mean, you know? yeah, I think the thing that stands out to me is like it actually turns into change. Exactly. Yeah. And I know I mean, that sounds like, crazy to say because it's like, why else would they be doing it? But a lot of people oh, do yeah, a yeah. lot of research and all that comes out of it is a bunch of data that never gets actioned upon. Right. So it's pretty yeah. cool that, you know. Florida, what is it? The FWC, you know, it was like even before they had data, it was like, okay, we'll give you a, a catch and release permit zone, but 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 get some data. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, no, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's just kind of neat. It's great that yeah, they're actually. I mean, it's um, it's really cool. The work that they're doing is amazing, and it's like I don't know, like just the idea of tagging 
the the idea i guess of ross's job is really cool like i really like i get excited like when they see a fish in the water you know what i mean so it's like he's mm-hmm. going out and they're like they're like finding schools of tarpon using high equi- sonar equipment and, and and tagging fish and looking at the data like i think all that stuff is like all the things around fishing that we like it's just so cool you know like mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah you gotta get down there it's just so cool like you know you mm-hmm. land you land in miami or wherever Let's mm-hmm. just say you land on the mainland, yeah. and then you just dr- you drive to the key. You're driving to this island chain, you know. Yeah. And you're on a highway in the middle of the first. The first thing you know you see after you get south of Miami is all of a sudden you're driving through Everglades National Park. So boom, yeah. already that's insane. Then you get out of Everglades National Park and you're on the the intercoastal highway, and your intercoastal highway, well, whatever the highway that's you're literally yeah. driving on the ocean. Mm-hmm. You got the Gulf of Mexico on one side and the Atlantic ocean on the other. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. then, and then, you know, then it's like key Largo and Isla Morada and marathon. And, you know, when you get to Isla Morada, that's really when, you know, fly fishiness takes over the keys kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's just a cool place. Yeah. The scenes like, I, I mean, I've seen the pictures and videos and I mean, the stuff yeah. you show me, it's amazing. It's awesome. We got to get down there. <laughs> You gotta get down there. What's going right. on with us? Do we got I was, any? I was yeah. gonna say it's July 11th when we're recording this. This is coming out July 15th. <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing my mind. That's what's going on. Um, what's going on? It's bass season, baby. Bass oh, we, we just here. we were just up in Georgian Bay catching. Uh, we we were waiting. Speaking of waiting flats, yeah. We Matt Martin took us to some of his. Little secret spots, yeah. waiting, waiting some, um, waiting some flats for bass, and you know he wasn't expecting the carp to still be around, but they were there. To and still be around, like he thought they'd be deeper or something right now. Yeah, I guess they move off the flat. Um, they spawn, kind of thing. Is that what it is? You know, I didn't ask, but it's a water temperature thing. Oh, I guess I I'm, I'm assuming it's a, like they, weird. I would have thought they'd be in the flats like all the time. I didn't knowing nothing about carp really, other than I've seen them in shallow water a lot in shallow warmer water yeah i i maybe maybe these ones are built different uh, maybe, it, maybe it's cool you know maybe we, maybe it's the podcast i don't know the bass um, you guys were catching i mean is there gonna be a oh. day tripping around that video oh yeah buddy so i might get working on it right now today everybody check out our youtube because there may or may not be a day tripping up about this trip because the bass you guys were catching were awesome it was like oh, you're fishing huge. salt water almost like the flats it's so cool i mean it's crazy right i mean uh i you know people uh who don't know georgian bay is a a big huge swath of water in lake huron and a lot of it is limestone bottom so the water is quite clear and um you know if you're not over brown sand you know you're you're usually over limestone so the water's like the bottom's really light colored so you can see these bass coming a mile away and the bass are up still on these flats in a post-spawn scenario they spawned they're still kind of not behaving like they spawn, but they're still like sort of just hanging around where their nests uh, were. Yep. Juveniles yep. Have, are gone, and yep. they're eating gobies. They're just smoking gobies, yeah, and whatever else comes by. But but they're mainly there. The carp are actually eating the gobies too. So that all these fish are just effing up gobies. And then this other spot we went to was like, dude, so many gar. Yeah, I mean, like and, uh, Matt caught a nice just, one. We're just standing in the water, like, you know, shin deep. Yeah. And it's just like all these guards swimming by me. Just like even that was cool. I'm like, I don't even need to catch one. I'm like, there's this like five foot fish 
that's yeah. from like that looks like older than time. <laughs> like it yeah, is so, so prehistoric. Cool. And then Matt actually landed one because Matt's like, okay, well, like out of the a hundred you see, like ten eat, and right. then out of the ten that eat, one stays buttoned up because their snout is like bone. Yeah. Right? So, so as if fishing. he actually got one and a nice one. And with the cameras around, like, I mean, usually with like the cameras yeah. are the biggest jinx on earth. Right. So, yeah, yeah. um, a surprise. It's cool. So we, when he landed, I was like, fucking right. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome photo. Like him with this giant gar, you know, like there's such it a didn't cool fit fish. In, it, it was, Adis was like, had to keep walking away. Cause like stepping back cause it wouldn't fit in the <laughs> frame. Long. It was just so long. Yeah. But that was really cool. And, and Mitch, you got the, you finally got the kayak fully operational. Oh right? baby. Did I ever. I got my Wilderness Systems Recon 120, and I've taken bass fishing on the fly to a militaristic uh, <laughs> SWAT team-esque, the Recon 120. No, it's a sweet boat. It's like, yeah, like it looks like tactical as hell because I've got like a gray paddle vest that looks like a like a tactical vest, yeah, and the boat's you, gray, and you that know, pic like it's... you and your brother you sent me, I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I thought your brother was wearing, his brother's OPP, and I thought he was wearing yeah. his bulletproof vest. It no, it's like, we're so tactical looking, but the, the boats are awesome. They're like so stable. They're 40 inches wide. It's basically a John boat. Can you, you know, stand? Oh my God. Yeah. You can like, it's like a floating dock. It's crazy. Like it's very stable, but, um, the wilderness systems hull, like they did a really good job. It's not a hard, it, like I was like, kind of like, this is going to be a bitch to paddle. It's pretty good. Like it's not super fast, you know, but yeah, it's like it's kind alive? of like canoe speed, you know, like it's like, a, mm. it's not, you can't go wrong with that. Um, cause it's so wide. Yeah. You're just like moving like a, quite a boat, but it's awesome. Uh, we don't huh. have to pedal drive. The pedal drive is worth more than the boat which is weird to me um don't know how that works but uh so just have the paddle system um <laughs> and uh yeah we went fishing on uh up at our up at like where our family cottage is and caught a ton of largies um and some That's sunnies awesome. and perch and everything else and yeah super fun super super fun so i'm definitely going to be doing that again and well we're going to be heading up there in a couple of weeks so we'll me yeah. and you will go out on those kayaks we'll we'll have a ball yeah, we got the kayaks. We got float tubes. Like we have, like uh, we have an armada. We now have an armada at your yeah. cottage, stored so at your cottage. <laughs> we will just des descend on the island and, <laughs> at night and try to catch some big smallies. Ooh, that sounds like fun under the yeah. pale moonlight. Oh yeah, yeah. The moon shall bring up an acre of bass. I still have to read that book, but what? There's a book about uh striped bass that uh, one of our guests during the oh. f3t uh mentioned um, and i thought it was the coolest title for a book the moon brought up an acre of bass i need to read it still um an acre of bass imagine i know yeah like all about the uh i mean that's a whole other thing we should try to meet get that author on the show i mean let's check that out um yeah. but yeah it's bass season we're loving it it's hot outside here. you know leave yeah. the trout alone yeah it's such a short window if you live in small small Jesus Christ. If you live in Southern Ontario, you know, it's like Small the season Ontario. opens, season opens at the end of June. Yeah. And once the water starts cooling down September, you know, that's pretty much it. Spring, so summer, like, spring, summer just go too fast. You know, like trout is just like, and then it's like, bass and then is just bass like, is like, <laughs> and then you're just like steal it <laughs> <laughs> for, for eight months. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, let's get out there and enjoy it. Let's get out there and enjoy it. Well, that's what um, I mean. We'll like fishing soon. You can either be bummed that you can't fish for trout or you can fish for the most fun fish on earth, which is the smallmouth oh, bass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Smallies, yeah. pike, whatever. It's so much good Oh, sorry. Stuff. You don't like... Fun? Cru oh, I'm sorry. You don't like fun? Sorry. You're anti-fun now? 
sorry. Internet? Do you not like fun? Like I, a box of pop. Here's here's what here's bass fishing. Get a you get a box. Yeah. You put four flies in it. Put a mm-hmm. popper. You put a woolly bugger. Mm-hmm. You put like a clouser and a leech, or yeah. like a crayfish. Yeah. And that's it. That's, there's your day. Yeah. Throw a PB and J sandwich in your waiter pocket or your kayak. Get your favorite ball cap on. In Get your the heck kayak. down to the water and you, you have a fun day under the sun. Fun in the sun. Don't forget sunscreen. It's well, very important. In your bathing suit. Oh, yeah. I mean, Wet that's, that's what's Oof. happening with us. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out for, you know, we had a busy spring, Mitchie. Yeah. We got a, bit, a lot of stuff to edit, and but, but oh keep God. your eyes peeled to our YouTube channel because we've got like stuff from the Bahamas, round two. We've yeah. got stuff from our day with last Matt Martin. Season. We've got stuff from last season coming out. Yeah, we're yeah. we're it's going to be a midsummer madness on our YouTube channel. Get ready, <laughs> we're dropping every video we've ever made at the same time. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, that's sound lot. YouTube advice, right? You've released twenty videos in the same day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They all get three views, but you know what? <laughs> They're done. <laughs> They're done. But uh, you know. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Thank you, Ross, for coming on the show. Check out um, A Pathway for Permit uh, in our show notes. And, of course, you can find it at the link that uh, Ross explained. But um, thank yeah. you for listening. And, uh, yeah, all Yeah, and uh, I'll just add, you know, if you want to learn, uh, bonefishtarpentrust.org yeah. is, is where you can learn a lot about the Bonefish Tarpon Trust. Um, uh, yeah, thanks, Mitch. Thanks, Ross. Oh, thanks, Olo. Thanks, thanks, Ross. Thanks, Costa. Thanks, Thanks uh, Hannah over at Costa. Yes, for hooking us up with this awesome interview. Because so we got to have on the show. We got to have Hannah on the show too. Yeah. That'd oh, be awesome. big time. Yeah. Maybe if we finally go down to Boston, do hey, some striper fishing, do a little live show. Yeah, that'd be great. With Hannah and Joe. Although I don't think Hannah lives in Boston, but still, she can oh, have the fire in. Everybody, let's go to Boston. And uh, everybody at home listening, you'll come to Boston too, and uh, we'll have a good time. And thank you so much for listening to the show, and uh, take care. Comb your hair. You can find all of our content at SoFly.ca. Reach out via email by sending your questions or comments to info at SoFly.ca. Find us on Instagram at the SoFly Crew. Thanks for listening.